Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I've just been dancing in the arches with stars as we wait for our money. Emma. And I'm just waiting on a call from Phil. You see, I need him to give my garden a bit of a sorting. <laughs> and I have heard from a good source that he's a bit of a titchmarsh. Connor. So I've got coming up this week, Emma. We have your usual roundup, your hero and slapping Dan of the week, and we play Stars or Slav. But first, here's the jingle. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other, the next. Rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope, Hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. fireworks. Good, Good night. night. So, right, I've been watching this new reality show. Oh, really? What's it called? It's Keeping Up With The Mitchells. Oh, mm. yes. I love that show. Honestly, it's so down to earth, really relatable. I mean, you know, every other week I'm having to fight off all these different gangsters. I've got Caleb trying to get us to take drugs to Ibiza. I've got stars trying to, you know, get us to loan our money for them. So I very much, I can relate with this show. Well, I hear, right, that they're going to be doing a special episode. Ooh. And they're teaming up with the Panazars. <gasps> really? Uh-huh. Ben confirmed it the other night. I mean, as long as it's a little bit better than that you know, sex tape that they leaked. Because I have to be honest, I wasn't impressed. Wasn't impressed. The light was all wrong. Oh, the light that, was all wrong. Is that your phone? Oh, oh. hello. Oh, uh, Emma, it's the Irish guy. He says he's seen that sex tape too, and he wasn't impressed. Says the mood lighting was terrible. <laughs> soundtrack was abysmal. And don't even get him started. Don't even get him started on the directing. <laughs> Well, not only does this reality show have sex tapes, Karat's even getting bum implants, apparently. No way. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like, all of this doesn't sound actually that unbelievable in the world of EastEnders. <laughs> we have had, in just the past year, we have had Movie Baby. We've had... Sharon poisoning Ian. We've had Cat and Phil getting together. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of strange things are happening on the square. Suki and Peter. Oh, I mean, that was the worst. That was the weirdest. Yeah, doesn't get any weirder than that. <laughs> so, yeah, anything can happen. And <laughs> it's funny you say that, Emma, because I don't think that Ben and Kira really imagined... They're meeting with stars going the way it goes. They turn up, don't they? They think, oh, it's going to be straightforward. We just tell them, great deal. We're going to launder the money together for them. Help, you know, get that money clean for them. Well, that's all well and good. Except stars is sort of crazy. <laughs> hey, if he hears you saying that, mind. Oh, sorry, Emma. <laughs> just, just got another phone call. God, you're Hello? so busy. Oh, Stas, man, honestly. Listen, I didn't say anything bad about you, babe. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're still me number one. You're still me number one. <laughs> Bye. Love you. Oh, he's so temperamental. 
so temperamental. I think he's just he's... jealous, you know, because obviously you've been with Caleb recently. So yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. What can I say? I'm I'm a drug dealer's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Stars, what a guy! I mean, where do we start? A... Where do we start? I think he's totally got a screw loose. Um, but the problem is, when someone's crazy, they they don't really like being told that they're crazy. Like it tends to make them even more crazy. And that's a lot crazy, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and is it just me? Was he wearing the same shell suit every time we've seen him? Every day, wore well, the exact same same outfit. Like every day. The nickname kind of works. Yes. Stars decides. I know. While I wait for this money, I'm going to put some music on and me and my friend are going to have a little dance to the yeah. extended mix. And then you start dancing <laughs> around the arches. Yeah, I, don't know what, I don't know what music it was. I can't do it. Like, what, how did we get here, Stars? How did we get here? We've gone from sort of working with Kira to suddenly being like, give me my money now. I'm going to blow you all up. <laughs> Let's dance. Like, it was just a lot of different things happening all at once. I was so confused. <laughs> For just watching him dance. Oh, <laughs> really priceless. brightened up my day. It was beautiful, beautiful dancing. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I first laid eyes on him, and he was quite a hunk back then. When I first laid eyes on him, it was across... The floor of an Ibiza bar, wow. and I thought he's the one for me because he was dancing a little jig to to that extended edition one. Um, it was beautiful. You know that's really weird because that's how I met Caleb. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. See, it was lovely. Then we went on a little uh, little drive. Oh, did you? Yeah. Now I'm off to Ibiza next week because I've got some um, got some things I've got to do. Oh, well, enjoy. So yeah. I hope you're doing well with stars. That's lovely to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It's great. Did you have fun in the arches the other night? Uh, I mean, I can't say we were doing professional work in the oh, arches thanks. the other night. But it was dead awkward because at one point, right, <laughs> it was, you know, just, just me and him. And then suddenly it... Phil and Kat came through the doors, and you know what was going on there. So we thought we're best just not say anything, just hide. So we hid down in that little space underneath the cars, you know, the one that we constantly talk about because we don't know why it's there. <laughs> nice and cosy, though. It's nice and cosy. So as they're having their little dance in the arches, there's a little party going on. Well, it's time for Vinny to bring the money because... They had this code that he would obviously turn up with cash if they were in any danger. And, uh, yes. well, they proved what they were saying about stars as correct. And he is mad. And, well, <laughs> Vinny, please come to the rescue. However, Vinny gets cornered by a bunch of youths. And... <laughs> very, very old-looking youths, <laughs> I may add. Like, one of them, I'm not trying to be mean. Looked like you had a hard life, didn't you, Emma? Looked like you had a bit of a hard life. But does it not remind you of, like, American um, TV shows where all the characters yes. in high school are in their third... They're actually 30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rachel Berry Glee. I'm, like, 14. <laughs> She's clearly, like, 32. <laughs> well, Glee's the first 
first one that always comes to mind. It's like, yeah, yeah, they were definitely a lot older. And obviously Greece, we all know. Greece. <laughs> all of them are Greece were going to be high school kids. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Wow. What a trauma, Emma. What a trauma. The one time Vinny was going to be given the chance to shine, to show his metal. He fails because he basically has to run from a group of youths who somehow surrounded him very quickly. Literally, from one episode to the other, right? One minute, they're in front of him. The whole gang's in front of him. The next episode, four of them are behind him. Three of them are in front of him. I was like, how did that even happen? Like Lucas, shapeshifters? See? They're, they're clearly, you know that other can teleport. Maybe like Agnes. They might come from Redwater. You know, she's got that power to just appear wherever she wants. True. Like, so... What do you do, Emma? Do you throw the cash and save yourself? Or do you try to escape by kicking in the Vic alleyway door, which has never, ever been locked and yet somehow is locked today? Mm. Well, Mm. what confused me is Sharon hasn't been locking any of the doors. Because what would be a dead end, well, luckily Mm. he gets into the, the barrel store. And then he manages to get through there into the Vic. So Sharon's not locked a single door. I know, I love that. The then... only thing she locked was that gate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why she felt a bit, oh, I can, I can <laughs> leave them open then. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Some people open their windows. Sharon, Sharon opens, opens doors. <laughs> God, it's sweltering in here. Get them doors open. <laughs> So then he goes through the kitchen and then there's this random lady stood there looking at him. <laughs> Who's she? I said this. I was like, sorry, are you Aunt Babe's like younger sister or something? <laughs> like the thing's not had a chef since Aunt Babe. No, I don't think. Oh, they had Callum do it for oh, a bit. Oh, Callum for a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Callum for a little bit. But yeah, that's it. It's just odd. Maybe. She did curse the Vic. Maybe it's... Like a ghost, an evil ghost. I think so. Some evil pie maker who's come back for revenge. <laughs> don't know why she's a pie maker. <laughs> I don't know why it's got all chicken run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like gravy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vinny manages by the skin of his teeth to get into the Vic, get help from Callum and get the money to stars. And you know what that means, Emma? Everything's fine. We can do business now. (laughs) How could you do business with someone who literally five seconds ago was about to blow you all to hell? And to show just how happy he is and that he doesn't hold grudges. He slags off Ben's teeth um, and then tells them that Kat was the one who grass them up so grateful yes yes and also Vinny might be heading to a new career after speaking to Callum and he might uh, might become a policeman another corrupt policeman yeah I know that one we do have Jack suspended so we do need a second one now because like outside as Emma says uh, Vinny's pondering his life because Kirat has basically sent him Send him on his way. He's never going to be part of this business. He's a failure. So Callum says, well, maybe it's time for you to get out of your brother's shadow and 
join the police? I mean, I would say that's probably never going to happen, but this is EastEnders. <laughs> There's an opening now. Jack's on suspension. It can happen. Oh my God, imagine if Jack can't get back into the police. Well, Lee, <gasps> what would he do? What do you think his next career move would be? I think his next career will be stay-at-home dad slash painter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he'd be one of those, like, you know, like Etsy designers or like um, people who like make things at home. Like you get all his little craft boxes out and stuff like that. I could so see him doing that. That would be perfect for Jack. <laughs> I, could <laughs> see, I could see Jack doing some bar work somewhere. Why not take over Walford East? Because, you know, he's, yes. his brother just left it there. So. <laughs> Do you remember when he ran his own boxing gym? Oh, that yes. Was fun. That was fun. That was something different. Why, why couldn't he bring that back? Make a gym, then Peter could work there because he's apparently. Oh my god, yes! Apparently a personal trainer. I mean, yeah. Whenever we don't really know his it. <laughs> yeah. We can't verify that because, I mean, the only time we saw him properly running, he broke his collarbone or something. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he healed very quickly, Connor. It's like Spider Man. <laughs> and we always see That's them... why he was wearing the cape. <laughs> we always see them running. So true. See them on treadmills. <laughs> yeah, I see. There we go, Jack. I think I've sorted it for you. I think you you've sorted Jack's job out. Uh-huh. I mean, he could always get a job at the Archers as long as uh, you know, he doesn't go at certain times. Because, well, it's dead funny, really, because just just a few hours after Stars, I presume, was holding them all hostage. Phil decides he's going back there to the Archers. For a romantic rendezvous. Cue the porn music. Bounce. <laughs> well, well. I loved it because it had Ben saying, Wait till my dad gets his hands on her. Cue too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he already has had his hands on her. <laughs> and she's had her hands on him. Yeah, I'm blushing, am I? I know. Blushing. Oh, yeah. And I love it because as this is all going on, right, as as we're, we're coming back to the scene of a night of passion in the Archers, the radio's playing, smooth operator, smooth <laughs> operator. And unfortunately, Phil is not a smooth operator because he kind of becomes a little bit cringy for Kat because he's like, do you fancy uh, maybe make this a little bit more special then? Just a fumble in the back of a car that's not even mine. Like, let's let hey what, let's do a hotel. And she's a bit like weirded out by that, isn't she? I think when Kat embarked on it at first it was just a bit of fun and now Yeah. Phil's like wanting a bit more, maybe. Phil wants to put a ring on it. Let's be real. Phil wants to put a ring on it. <laughs> We've known this ever since that line when they, that yeah. where Richie said, um, just make sure the next Mitchell woman, you know, doesn't mug you off like this, like like Sharon did. Like, you know, I feel like we all knew what, what was going to happen because Kat came through the doors instantly after that line. Yeah, and you knew as soon as that happened that it was on its way. I feel like Kat knows in herself that she does like Phil, that she's found something in him that she might not have expected to find in him. We all get a little bit nervous. We all like to second-guess ourselves from time to time. And 
like you say, it started out as something casual, and then suddenly feels like nice hotel. Let's treat you to you know a night away from the kids and just you and me kind of thing. And then that becomes a little bit more serious. That's like a that's a different step, isn't it? And Kat's unsure about if she wants to take that next step. I've just hit the realization that they've been doing it in a load of people's cars. <laughs> I love that we've just been like discussing it, and then all of a sudden Emma's like, "I've just realized that they've been having sex in other people's cars." <laughs> yes, yes, they have. Because that's an automobile shop. Like it's there to to basically fix the place up, fix the cars up, isn't it? It's not there to fix their cars up. They're strangers' cars. Things are getting too serious, and Cat sort of panics, rushes out the archers after playing with Phil's action man. And uh, <laughs> is that what you call it? <laughs> yeah, of yeah. <laughs> we all like to play a bit of action man, don't we? Every now and again. <laughs> Action men and Barbies. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see a range of like real life versions of Ken and Barbie, and it's just Cat and Phil. Like, <laughs> could you imagine those dolls? That's like real life British version, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's like those memes. What you what you expect? What you bought versus what, what you got? What you got? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you ordered versus what you what arrived? <laughs> yeah. Well. Phil's serious about this. So serious, in fact, he just comes out and tells Ben. Mm. He's seeing Kat. And Ben does what Ben always does. Ridicules Kat. Slags her off. And I'm going to just defend Kat here. I'm going to defend my name as fan fiction mother slash cousin. Because <laughs> it's very complicated fan fiction that we wrote. I mean, it was. It was. Very complicated. I don't even think we could keep up half the time. No, it did make sense, but that's what they're there for, isn't it? Fan <laughs> fiction. So they're there to be silly. Well, anyway, to defend our fan fiction mother, we're all flawed beings, Ben. You, me, Kat, we're all flawed beings. Just trying to get ahead in life. And while Phil's coming clean to Ben, well, Kim's trying to match me, Kat, and, well, Kat's describing an ideal man. And well, <laughs> sounds like she's describing Phil. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Nervous laughter ensues. Bit <laughs> 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 orcs. I love it because when Kim's talking about her, like uh, uh, matchmaking, which we still haven't heard word from you, Kim. So no. please get in touch. Uh, you know, we're here, E20 Harmony, anytime. We're still, we're still on, we still want you on board. We're still yeah. up for it. Got a deal, we're, just come to her. Yeah. We've got a franchise idea here, Kim. We've got loads of different ideas. We're going to float them by you, but come on board. This could Don't be try big. and do this alone. And so I love this bit where Kim's going on about like her, her business and Kat's like, the rat catcher thing. <laughs> I was like, the rat catcher. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that is actually like it was bad enough the the fox hunting one, but like the rat catcher that would be everything. <laughs> really appealing that one. <laughs> really appealing. I love it when they're swiping through them all, and cats like this one's eyes are too close together. This one's got a silly haircut. This one looks like a serial killer. I love that. I did think that about the last one. I was like, 
definite murderer. Remind me, do you remember when I was catfished? Oh, yes, he remember? was. Yes. Used to porn stars' pictures and thought I wouldn't search them up on Google. <laughs> Emma was there for me when this happened, and uh, we laughed about it and made jokes about it ever since. <laughs> So then, obviously, she's not wanting anyone on the app. And, well, that's quite suspicious to Kim. So she opens up all about Phil, which Kim at first thinks is a a bit of a laugh, but also has some interesting comments to say about Phil. Oh, yes. um, Well, like Kim talks about how Phil was intimate with her lady garden. And I was like, really didn't need that descriptor, but okay. Um... And said that she doesn't think that he's got a green thumb. But Kat's quite quite quick to reassure her. He's a bit of an Alan Titchmarsh when he gets going. Never thought Alan Titchmarsh's name would be used <laughs> as a sexual metaphor. Oh, no. <laughs> as a euphemism for sex. <laughs> Never thought that would happen. Alan Titchmarsh, but also about Phil Mitchell. <laughs> it's like a double whammy, that, isn't it? <laughs> I wonder if Alan was watching and just was like, oh my. <laughs> Did he think, do you think he liked his little shout out? <laughs> <laughs> Callum comes in and tells Phil, like, point to his face, like, you know, sorry for laughing. Like, it was just caught us off guard like and you know what Ben's like he's never going to be happy anyway so <laughs> go your heart like you know and and do what you want to do like be with who makes you happy and I was just like what an amazing transformation in a character who was almost going to marry someone just for the sake of marrying them and keeping up appearances like he has had such an evolution and I just loved that they had this lovely father-in-law and son-in-law moment. And it was like, oh. And then after Phil's been speaking to Callum and Kat's been speaking to Kim, although Kim's advice was very different to Callum's, yeah. let's just say. Well, actually, they do have a change of scenery. And um, well, Phil heads round and maybe they are getting that little bit more serious. So Jack is living his best suspended life and he's wandering square and ignoring Denise and this is because she told a bit of a lie a few weeks ago uh, not that she was held captive by um, Caleb but instead she went to see a friend I mean she did go and see a friend she went and saw Caleb it's a friend to everyone <laughs> well he's our friend he's our friend we are legally obliged to say that we signed some contracts yeah, it, um, it just so there's no hard feelings. I mean, I just want to reassure Caleb on air that his, his delivery will still go ahead. I'll just have to, just take a few days to get over to Ibiza, I think. A few months, maybe. Oh, on yes, bike. you're going by bike, aren't you? Yeah. So, yeah, I'll probably get there before you. I'll see you over there on the dance floor. Yes. Oh, be fun. I mean, one person who's not dancing is definitely Jack. He's kind of like just moping around at the minute. And, and feeling sorry for himself. And I don't want to give him a bit of a slapping down when he's already, you know, at the bottom of the of his life, but I'm going to. I'm going to tell him <laughs> off. He basically 
jeopardise an entire case, just let that sink in. There's corrupt coppering, and then there's that. So I, I can kind of understand the suspension, Jack. It's not right that you were doing that. Not right. And then, I mean, he also moved Flip Murdrain on the square. But I tell you what, he's furious. He's furious, isn't he, Emma? He doesn't want to speak to Denise. She doesn't trust him. Why doesn't she trust him? Well, maybe it's because you'd literally tell everyone's secrets, including legal ones. <laughs> like, you can't even just keep, like, secrets of the job. You can't even maintain confidentiality, Jack. That's probably why. I think it was all just proven in why you were suspended. Yeah. Or, like, the fact that every time he says he'll help, he always makes it worse. Yeah, every like time he says... <laughs> every time he says, I'll help, I'll sort it. You know that's going to go downhill because Jack doesn't ever quite sort things. No, he just kind of bungles into things <laughs> and then, like, kind of half-heartedly threatens to bring the law to the door, which obviously doesn't work because you can't just summon the police. Like, you can't be, like, you know, sprinkle a few herbs together and mix it in a bowl and be like, blah, blah, blah. and then, <laughs> poof, they suddenly appear. <laughs> I mean, I just love it. The like, only thing you can do is you can water the um, DIs and they pop out. It's always the same yeah, one, though. It's just... Yeah, you can always do that. I mean, they're needing a good DI. Because I'm telling you, this square, it's gone downhill, hasn't it? It's gone downhill since, since he retired. You've got Chelsea planning a flipping drug to be a drug mule. Or to have Lucas be a drug mule. Lucas is planning on murdering the guy who wants them all to be drug mules. Denise is being captive, held captive and against her will. Like, this is what happens when Jack tells you to just take some time off. Yeah, this is what happens when Jack helps. There we go. <laughs> this is what happens. This is science of like, when, it's like when he said, don't you worry, Denise, I'll handle Phil. Walks in, threatens Phil. Phil does not bow down. Okay, next try. Walks in with some evidence, threatens Phil. Leaves the evidence in his house where Max then takes the evidence and gives it to Phil. Gives it to Phil, then leaves. So Phil now has that because Phil was like, well, you've got to give me it first before I do what you want to do. And Max was like, okay. (laughs) So now Jack does not have that. Yeah, so again, another one of his schemes foiled. Foiled by... That dastardly Phil. He's becoming that new DI, isn't he? He's yeah. going to be going back one. Philip Mitchell! Like, <laughs> Phil's just waving out of the car as he passes. Like, I just can't get over it. It's like, why do you think she doesn't trust you, Jack? Because every time you've tried to help, you've made it worse or done nothing. Do you remember when Kim was like, well, come and get it, get Lucas like, put back in jail? Listen, that's entrapment. Back up. <laughs> But then he, Lucas walks into Denise's house and that's still not enough. I'm sorry, that's breaking his parole. That's a restful offence. But you know what Jack does in that situation? Oh, I know. I'll go and get him a house just down the road. Yeah, that, that's better. That's better. That way you can watch him. You can make sure he doesn't do anything. Or you could just send him to jail. I'm pretty sure that's why those why jail's there. <laughs> It's just like, why do you think she doesn't trust you, Jack? Every one of your attempts to help has made it worse. At one point, he even agreed that Lucas should move in. <laughs> I, know, I love that. Give him a chance, Steve. You're a police officer, Jack. I don't know who I'm talking about. 
to the thing ever turned to the side. Jack's there. Jack's literally, yeah. You're a police officer, Jack. Well, he were until he got suspended. Ooh, that's tough to talk about for him. I mean, it's touchy, isn't it? Tell you what else is touchy. Chelsea bringing up the past. Ooh, yeah. So, obviously, Denise decided to maybe tell um, Jack all about what Chelsea's going to be doing and Lucas and... Well, he's a copper, <laughs> although he's a suspended copper. He's a proper, a proper copper, Emma. A proper suspended copper. And if they get wind of him keeping this information, that's it, he's out. Yes, but if you talk about this, Jack, that is the family, like, you're part of. You yes. are also how housed Lucas and also... There you might see it as you've been keeping that a secret for a while because it's been going on a while. Uh, so the chances are you'll probably just go anyway. <laughs> Jack, you're going to lose your job anyway. You already lost your job, essentially. You're on suspension for flipping breaking the confidentiality laws. I don't know anyone who would be like, yeah, come on back in with all this private and sensitive information. I don't know that they're going to... Not even Walford Police Station would let you back. I'm sorry. Um... But like you say, he's literally had, like, an ex-con who's on parole move in close to the victim who he's not meant to be near and, like, willfully break and infringe his parole in front of him. Imagine, who's your landlord? Uh, Jack Brannan. <laughs> Jack Brannan. <laughs> right. Never knew a thing, though. Never knew a thing. Didn't know a thing about the drug deals. Even though you yeah. didn't, it wouldn't... I'll be like, mm, hang on. So you, <laughs> you've let this man live here and um, the person he's not allowed to be near is your girlfriend who lives a few doors down. Hmm, right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And the daughter. Jack, what are you thinking? And the daughter is a drug, a drug mule. Right. You didn't you've know. also had a relationship with. Yes. <laughs> so like, it's Jack, you're ruined. You, you cannot... It does more damage to him than it will to Denise. Well, unless Caleb kills them all. But you know what I mean? Like, it does more, like, career damage to him than it would ever in any way affect, like, the rest of the Foxes and the Trumans. It's crazy. I was just like, what is he thinking? Sarge, got something to tell you. I'm like, well, I hope it's like you're just quitting because this is literally the worst police work ever. Just want to confess that I've been helping a... A parole, a paroled criminal break his parole. And while Chelsea has an idea, as you said, bring up the past to help that, to help her with her plan. Hmm. Well, I mean, the best part of this had to be that we got to hear the lovely stories of Caleb again. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful, wasn't Emma? How they met. so lovely it was how they met again and what he's like is so romantic he is he's he's a sweetheart really gentle 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 little cuddly bear when he's not you know shooting teenagers in the street and murdering people and taking your mom captive and but i mean all those things are just how he shows his love he's a wonderful human being because although he'd done all that he was respectful he was flash and he turned on his charm and she just 
She, she just liked him. But her charms and her stories, they don't really do much for Jack, do they? No. Not a lot. Not a lot. He needs that job back, Chelsea. You're going to have to do harder than that. You're going to have to work harder than that. So Chelsea decides to turn on the charm and bring up their relationship of the past. <gasps> oh, my God. We're going to go down that. Down that rabbit hole. Flipping heck. Thought we'd never return there, Emma. I thought it was a one-time one kind of gig. I wish it was, Connor. Yeah, it me was. too. That was a weird pairing. All the way back then, it was weird then, and it's weird now. I don't know why it's back. We never asked for it to come back. <laughs> and you know that when we ask for something, generally it happens. This time, this time, we did not ask for this. So we cannot be held responsible, guys. No, this one's not no on one, us. No one asked for this. So Jack's not going to be taken for a mug. And, well, she's just putting her family in danger. And there will always be a debt to pay. And he's off. He's off to tell the boss. But Chelsea reminds him. What will the boss think if uh, he finds out that you're involved with an international drug ring? You never began <laughs> that job back. <laughs> Is he quite willing to take this risk and... Uh, Yes, yes he is. He's off to the police station. It's like Jack doesn't even process thoughts anymore. <laughs> it's like it just goes from one thought to the other. Like, it's like either, like, as soon as he gets an idea, he's like, right, that's it. That's the idea that he's going with. It, it doesn't <laughs> take time to think if that's the right idea. It's crazy. Jack, this will ruin your career. You will be out of your home. You will lose. And you could look at a prison stretch. This is corruption at the highest level. It hasn't stopped him before, though, has it? True, true. <laughs> Can never keep a Ben Copper down. <laughs> uh, so this is officially the longest drug deal of all time, and we're still <laughs> still going. Um, still not on that trip yet. No, but Emma, it's not my fault, right? I've got to make this delivery, but I have to do it on bikes. Stacey comes over to to apologise after Ruby has another hospital appointment. Stacey comes round, feeling guilty, feeling responsible. Even though, obviously, she didn't physically do anything, she is worried that the stress that went on kind of contributed, that she wasn't a good friend, that she's kind of, in her way, caused this. And Kush goes with her because he's seen her outside waiting and they said, well, it'll be safety in numbers if they go together because they mm. were both part of the whole... Yeah, they were both part of the whole thing, Emma. Yeah. Yes, they, they both were yes. involved. Yes, we'll get on to that, though. We'll get on to it. Don't you worry. Uh, I don't, don't you worry, Emma. I've got all my flipping lights ready for We're for limbering up. We're limbering up. <laughs> Doc Martin hasn't even got a look in. Tell you what... <laughs> When I start on this man, when I start on this man, I'm going to tear him in you one. She's very quick to turn to Martin and go, I told you this was Stacey's fault. Why aren't you angry? Why is she here, Martin? Why are we talking to her? And it's like, why is that the problem, though, Ruby? Mm -hmm. Why is it that it's the minute that Stacey and Martin talk to each other that there is an issue? That's the only time she gets angry. Look at the way that she was with Stacey when she fell down the stairs. 
She was like laughing with her one minute, but the minute she finds out that Martin is speaking to Stacey, jealousy erupts through her. And in some sort of like unhinged fury, she blames Stacey, says that Stacey's pushed her down the stairs, that um, that it's, you know, all her fault. Martin doesn't believe her, does he? I mean, it's very interesting because uh, if she opens a criminal investigation, they'll have to be thorough and they'll find out that, coincidentally, Ruby went to another checkup before she fell down those stairs so, you know, I don't know that this going down the criminal route is going to work. I think this is how she's going to actually ex- get exposed. Because ultimately, Ruby is trying to achieve the impossible. She's trying to create a false narrative. She's trying to create, like, this fictitious series of events and make it real. Which is also quite interesting that the hospital didn't bring that up. No, oh, yeah. Interesting that the, the hospital don't have any sort of, like, connection to... I know it's a private clinic, but surely her medical records would be shared. So, very interesting that the hospital didn't bring that up. They're slacking ever since they got rid of Son and uh, Ash. Hang on, we're uh, talking about the hospital that let anyone come and see Raymond. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> I got myself for a second there, Emma. You're right. It's Warfare General. Almost forgot where we were. Same <laughs> place that doesn't think you have to wear masks in a pandemic. And so when she says this, Martin doesn't believe her. And she's like, why don't you believe me? Why doesn't anyone believe me? Well, maybe it's because you're a pathological liar, Ruby, and um, constantly construct lies. Do you and you've think... found out too. Do you think because she's, she's lied and lied and lied and covered up so many lies... To cover up like an original lie and then yeah. it's just spiralled. She's got to the point where she's starting to convince herself that what she's yeah. saying is true. Yeah, I think you're right. I think definitely that is the way that this has gone down. I, I said it like I think a few weeks back that she's, she's sort of losing her mind. It's like her hatred or her desire. It's more. It's less about a hatred of Stacey because I don't think she hates her. I think she's jealous of Stacey and obsessed with Martin. I agree. Like, it's like those two things have kind of warped her mind and now she doesn't know what's... Like, I think, like you say, sorry, she doesn't even know what's real because she's created so many lies. Like, she probably genuinely does blame Stacey. And, you know, Stacey does feel terrible. She feels, you know, horrific. And she... But she vehemently denies pushing Ruby. So what does Ruby do? Oh, she just lets Martin know that they made her pee in a bucket. So, like, the next bit's when she's talking about being locked in the office and this is when um, Martin starts to get very angry and he goes, he punches Kush and he's saying that, like, all the times him and Stacey have let him down. I'll give you a reason to punch Kush in the face. (laughs) So here we go. Reason number one. I love that. I'll give you a reason. (laughs) Kosh has known for quite some time what Ruby's truly like. In fact, she and he partook in a little bit of child trafficking when he kidnapped his child using Ruby's money and basically planned to move over to Dubai without anyone being able to stop him. Now that was chartered and paid for by Ruby. He could have told Martin that. Didn't. For, for what reason? I have no idea. Second reason for why Martin should punch Kush. Here's it. Here it goes. 
Martin blames Stace for everything, including the office. Kush doesn't say anything. In fact, he turns around and says, that wasn't my idea. Uh-huh. Shut up, Kush. He just, like, they're just putting the blame all on Stacey at no point. So this goes back to the comment earlier. Safety in numbers. So Kush went with Stacey <laughs> to make it better for her. And finally, when there's a time to step up, no, he just, he's, oh, well, it was my idea. And then if you think about it, like afterwards, after this, Martin then forgives Kush, but just blames Stacey. Why is Stacey getting the blame for everything when there has been other people involved in this? Yeah. Like, Kush was there, but no, we can forgive him, but we can't forgive her. Yeah, I do love her. I love that because it's Stacey. Somehow she's like this devil. Because then he's got the cheek to say to Stacey, doesn't he, Leah? I do know what you like. Martin, you don't even have a flippant inkling. So there's all the reasons to punch Kush in the face. (laughs) I like that. That's in your notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In years to come, that piece of paper will be flying around Legendary. somewhere. <laughs> and someone will find it and go, oh, who's who Kush? <laughs> don't you worry, though, Emma, right? Don't you worry, because we are not alone. We are not alone. We have an ally. And her name is Lily. Oh, yes, we do. She's going to... Come for Ruby with all guns a blazing, and I love it. I think, you know, because we see her always, like, pretending to be happy with, with Ruby, but, you know, she's just using it to her, her advantage. This showed that Lily is never Team Ruby at all. She no. was like, nah, you don't do this to my mother. She is a Slater through and through. Oh, she is. And we know Slater women... They will go down swinging. They don't like to flip in. They don't let people walk all over them. And I tell you what, Ruby, I think she might have made a bit of an enemy in in Lily now. Oh, slapping down this week. Well, (laughs) I'm just going to hand over to Connor. I think you know what's going to be said. It's Kush! It's Kush! It is a slapping down, okay? It is a good old-fashioned slapping down. Because... I'm not sitting here and letting him do Stacey dirty like that. Our hero this week is Fat. That's right. It's Fat. It's Phil and Kat because they were so brave and so heroic when they were able to take that next step and be honest with themselves. Because at first... Both of them were kind of like, oh, I just think this is a casual thing. Don't want it to get too serious because everyone's going to judge where. But instead, they said, I'll tell you what, let's not worry about what other people think. Let's just see where this goes. And I think that's quite brave. As Fat are our heroes of the week, we will be rating out of fats. And we will be rating this week three fats. Oh, I know. I know what you're thinking. Three fats. But there's a reason behind it. There's a reason to our choice. And quite frankly, it was because, well, as Emma stated early on in the podcast, the drug deal storyline is probably one of the longest drug deals that's ever been happening. Um, we also have to rate it down for the whole, 
I have to be honest, from my personal opinion, the way that they're handling the post miscarriage, mm-hmm. not a big fan. No. And also, other than the stars and the fat elements, this week felt a little bit like it was missing something. It felt like it was a lot of bit, bits and pieces thrown in. That's it. But that's that. That's it. Nothing really, like, that's going to last. Yeah, well, apart from the that... drug dealing, obviously, that's going on yeah. forever. <laughs> <laughs> nothing that, like, grasped you. Now it's time to play Stars or Slav. Um, so, this game, it's quite easy. I've sent Emma a series of pictures and, uh, well, she just has to try and tell me if these obscure images of eyes, tracksuit bottoms and, and hands and things, if they belong to either a Slav. So Slav is a term for Chav. Yeah, it's basically like Russian or like um, Eurasian Chav. Like that's kind of like their slang word for it. She has to say whether it's one of them, if it's a Slav or if it's Stas. <laughs> quite, quite easy, quite easy. I know that sounds like a lot of gobbledygook, but I think you'll get the idea anyway. So, Emma, take a nice good look at number one. Is that Stars or Slav? Number one, I think, is Slav. Correct. It is Slav. It's a random Slav that I found on a Google search image. (laughs) Number two? Yeah. I think it's Stars. I'm afraid that's a slab. Oh. <laughs> yes, the picture of a crouched over person in a black tracksuit is actually a slab. It's just a random slab. Number three, I think, is slab. Correct. I gave like an entire full body shot because I honestly think this guy is the spitting image of it stars. <laughs> and I thought if ever confused them. I think it would just be enough to confuse Emma, like, by looking at it. But you're right. You've got that one right. It is a Slav. Number four, Stars. Correct. Of course, it's Stars in his beautiful shell suit. But what about number five, Emma? Stars? Yes, correct. It's Stars as I. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, I think, is Stars. Correct, it is Stas. It's when he's threatening them and he's pointing the gun and stuff saying, do you think I'm crazy? Number seven, I think, is a Slav. Correct, it is. It's an old picture of a Slav at a rave. Number eight, is is that Stern? It's your Stern. Correct, <laughs> it was a trick question. It was a trick entry into our little game. It was Stern Carter. <laughs> What about number nine, the Wemmer? This is a tricky one. Number nine, I want to say stars. Of course it's stars. <laughs> well done, Emma. <laughs> and what about number ten? Number ten's really tricky, those hands. I know, I literally just put hands and like a watch and stuff. That's all Emma can say. I'm going to say stars. Correct! Yeah! No, Emma, you got nine out of ten. That means you got the majority of them right. And to really reward you for this, I've got a special treat for you. Not only are you going to get your own custom-made shell suit by stars, you're going to dance the night away in the arches, arm in arm, 
to his latest Russian tune that's been remixed and extended. This week's episode is sponsored by Kim's Rat Catcher Tours. Who goes on 18 to 30 holidays anymore? Why not meet your special someone across the dance floor in Ibiza? Well, you can do that with Kim's Rat Catcher Tours. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.